Welcome to Go Home Heat, a sports entertainment podcast, a raw specific podcast. I am joined via satellite with Juice and Thunder Brain. <laughs> it's been a while. Justin, how are we doing, buddy? Oh, getting through the Florida allergy season. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, my ears hurt. My allergies are so bad. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, let's move on, though. Uh, we start out. Uh, Bobby introduced by MVP, flanked by some ladies. He has retained his title in a fantastic matchup. And, of course, Drew winds up interrupting. Bobby says, you know, open challenge, which Drew interrupts that. And then Bobby's like, hey, that ain't open to you, buddy, which I appreciated. How many? Yeah. <laughs> How many shots are you going to get? Come on. Right. So the thread that just happened or run through the whole show is everybody's going to want a piece of Bobby whether they wrestle tonight or not because it's a shot at the title. And Oh, yeah. And that winds up being kind of a neat little story we tell here tonight. <laughs> I don't know if they continue to go with it after tonight, but it is interesting. We're, we're supposed to get an AJ versus Elias match, and we do. Ring work was fine. The story was, I believe what they were trying to showcase for us is that as much as almost um, likes to protect AJ, he's not going to get in a hurry about it. (laughs) Exactly. Because every time they started to interfere in the match or things went south on AJ, almost would just kind of stroll over there, even slower than a stroll. And uh, it winds up being a DQ. What did you think about all this? I don't even know what their. I, I I don't know what this was really. It was interesting, yeah. but it's funny because AJ wrestled like a babyface. Right, because they also the babyface team. And weren't they? Aren't they heels? Right. It is interesting when you put two heels in a ring together and they both wrestle like. Uh, it, no, I said it wrong. It would be more interesting if AJ got to stay in character instead of all of a sudden, for a handful of moments, he's AJ Styles from TNA's first month in the business. Because uh-huh. <laughs> he wasn't that guy. He wasn't that guy in the Bullet Club, and no. he he's never no. been that he's never been that guy on, on WWE programming. No, and so it's just strange to see that. Yeah, I, 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 I whatever. Um, Riddle winds up telling New Day that he knows where there's a two-headed snake. Somehow, New Day does not figure out that this is Randy Orton, <laughs> which is on them. By the way, (laughs) Randy shows up and uh, Riddle wants him to apologize. And of course that doesn't happen. And then Kofi goes into a little bit of a, I thought he did a good job here, which he, you know, of course he did it. Him try him speaking poorly about Randy Orton is low lying fruit, right? Yeah. Reptile, reptile dysfunction was pretty good line. 
Then he challenges him like 2009, and we're going to get that match later. Yeah. Which I was, I, you know, I'm always excited if you put those two guys in the ring. Oh, yeah. You're going to get something good. Right. Now, this winds up not only being a tag team, under an underlying tag team thing, this is also a part of the main storyline eventually because of what winds up happening. And everybody, you know, if you listen to the show, you probably watched the show. And if you didn't, it doesn't matter because you're getting to the end. Eventually, Kofi will be wrestling Bobby and it makes it, you're continuing that thread, which is what we like to see, you know, or we try to say we like to see in a show. Women's tag match. Bliss with Natty and Tamina. Uh, that winds up being a not so great segment. To me, they wind up announcing a match out of it. What Did you think anything of this? Again, weird. Weird. Almost not weird enough. Yeah. It's only lukewarm weird. Right. We're, let's don't dip our... They, well, you know what? Later on in the show, they don't dip their toe in the water. They let it get full-blown. But oh, yeah. in these segments, I'm going to need Bliss to be uh, a little more than just nodding her head and kind of giggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Now, we have a mid-card match here. Garza versus Gulak. It winds up being a squash match for Garza, one-wing clipper, and he shoves a rose down Gulak's throat. And I think the theme of the night here is that Corey Graves is reading straight off the script because he's acting like he likes his crap. Yeah, he did. <laughs> R-Truth, 24-7 segment. Uh, Akira Tozawa crawls down some stairs in the background and then gets the belt. So, where... Because I, uh, I read some reviews on this episode and people thought it was pretty good. Okay? And I'm not saying it wasn't because there were some things that saved the episode for me and, and actually made it better than just whatever. But here, we're pretty far into this show and I'm not blown away by anything that's happened. No. Right? Now... Technically. Right. But that changes right here because we get Randy versus Kofi and Randy Merck's Kofi a little bit. There is some back and forth. I thought the wrestling was good. Um, then you have the Woods trombone blowing, distracts Randy. Kofi gets the win, crawls out of there. And if this was all that happened tonight, I would have been okay with it, but not overjoyed. You do get the Randy Orton storming off and Riddle pushes Woods down, which in the in the uh, tag team division, that's an interesting aspect that Riddle... That, Riddle started to tie with Randy and be like, hey, man, you, you cheated, too. Right? You're not the good guy. Right. You're not as good of good guys as you act like you are. You know, you were willing to cheat, too. But now we've seen Riddle cheat himself periodically to get a okay. win if the circumstances were but that's a heel thing right that's a heel thing that's where your morals start to get messed up I gotta get over Bobby People Lashley kind of brings him over to the dark side yeah yeah that that makes it even more entertaining right um Naomi Lana Mandy Dana they're talking to Pierce uh and Sonya they want a title shot 
Charlotte winds up running him off. Charlotte wants a one on one shot. Tanya says, if you can beat Oscar tonight, we'll think about it. Rhea comes up and says she wants new challenges, implying that Charlotte would not be a new challenge, which she'd be right about. Um, mm-hmm. This was fine. We, we got ourselves a, a women's world title segment here. Then we have Nia Shayna versus Tamina and Natty. This was really whatever in the ring. And then Bliss and uh, what's that, buddy? Then it got weird. Yes, but at least it got weird. Yeah, that was better than boring. Reginald get okay, Bliss pulls a bag out of Kane's tr- bag of tricks, and fire comes out of the ring post. Reginald gets his eyes burned. Shayna Baszler turns to see what the heck just happened, and Natty winds up getting to Baszler and getting the Heart Foundation finish. Boom. Still champs. Um, there's a part of me that wants to know why Shayna would turn because I don't think she likes Reginald all that much. But there's also a part of me that says if just about anybody would be a little confused if fire shot out of a ring post. I would be. As well, anywhere other than the WWE. Yeah. <laughs> Shayna's just been like... What? What? Be like, where's Kane? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, that would make it, dude. If you could get the old, like when they go on tour, since she is doing the fire ring post thing every now and then, if you could get the old Kane to come, kind of give her a little rub on one of these Monday Night Raw episodes, it'd be cool. Because you know, mm-hmm. you know, Mayor Kane will throw himself in to anything. I mean, we've seen that dude uh team hell no. You know, you know <laughs> oh, he'll do anything they ask him to and do a good job with it. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh, of course he will. Okay. Seamus versus Ricochet. Now Ricochet uh stole Seamus's hat after he lost the other day. And this is kind of another mid card thing. You know, you have your mid card champion versus Ricochet. Ricochet wrestling in jeans lately. Looks cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's really smart of them to have him lose last week and then him get under Sheamus' skin and come out this week and get the big victory over Sheamus with a little bit of help. You know, uh, oh, wait. Wait, that didn't happen. Wait, he <laughs> lost again clean twice. Yeah. In a row. Right. Well, the it, here's what's – I don't know if it's troubling, but – it was set up for Ricochet to win. The match was great. Oh, the match was fine. You know, it was set up for Ricochet to win. And now we've kind of recreated Ricochet's character a little bit. But there was no payoff for it. That That's actually that's exactly recreating Ricochet's character in WWE so far. <laughs> it's recreating it by making it essentially the same. All flash, no payoff. Right. Right. It's a shame. Um, and I'm not saying he needs Sheamus' title. But, no. But to have a cup, a win here and there and and be able to, you know. Okay, you said the other day with about Seth, and we'll get there on the other podcast. 
you know, why can't, you know, does Seth have to have all of his rivalries? Do they have to be six months? This is the flip side of that. It'd be okay for Sheamus to be in situations where if he has a rival that lasts a little bit, you know, I know they're trying to make him a killer, but I mean, everybody else you do roll-ups with what's wrong with a flash three count every now and then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, the, the old school Hogan kick out, you know, three seconds in a long time, you know, you can, you can figure things out to, I don't know, but I, I do ricochet's too dang talented for me to be having to watch main event to see him win matches. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I, if I want to watch main event, that's cool. And I will, if I hear Ricochet's on there with Ali, I'll, I'll watch that, that portion of it for sure. The main events, a weird show where they'll, they'll show whole matches from the week along with, you know, two matches. matches. Right, right, right. Two not already shown matches, but I just wish we could get more out of him. And I get that he has trouble on the stick, but they're trying to give him a personality, which is weird, too, that we're this far into it and we're trying to give him a personality. Wasn't it, was it last year he wrestled Brock Lesnar for the championship? Oh, yeah. If you, by wrestling, you mean got squashed. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, right, right. But at least he was in a championship match. For how long? Uh, Longer than Kofi. Moving on to the next thing. Well, Seamus grabs a mic and says he's coming for Bobby, or he may be coming for Bobby. Mason T-Bar give a very strange baby oil in the dark promo, which was uh, exciting in its own right. They said they may be coming for Bobby. I thought that was interesting because we have, in weeks past, seen them as sort of aligned with Bobby. And so that leans itself towards what you've been hoping for, which is some form of a gun for hire scenario with him. Yeah. Which would be fun. Now, and hey, baby oil, come on. You can't get enough of that stuff. Although, with the amount of fire we have going on, let's be careful with how much baby oil we're putting on ourselves. Please do. Because that stuff, is baby oil flammable? I mean, it's a petroleum project product, I think. Yeah, see, I'm thinking it's flammable. Okay. I don't really use it, though, that much. Do you? Not anymore. Okay. Not at this point. Not since you were a baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Oscar versus Charlotte. This is a women's title style thing, so we're, that's another part of the thread we're running through this thing. I thought that the match, of course, strong first segment. Rhea winds up coming out, grabbing a chair. Um, when you watch these guys wrestle, you understand why it's impossible to keep these guys off of TV, especially when you compare them to most other wrestlers. They are fantastic back and forth. Charlotte continues to be preoccupied with Ripley, and that winds up costing her to match as Rip winds up kind of getting up and approaching her and then Oscar winds up getting her and getting the pin here and I was stunned that Oscar got the pin were you 
it must stun that they let Oscar have a victory in a meaningless match that had no point and she needed Rhea Ripley's help to get it. No, no, I was not surprised at that. Well, in in, in I, I don't want to say in their defense, but I, I, what I'm what I am going to say, say is that many of the matches that Oscar has lost have had to do with some form of a shenanigan too, you know, and le- so it, I don't know, like, I assume Oscar gets the pin and it still doesn't lead to her being in the program that Oscar was being used here to emphasize the Charlotte heat with Rhea. Right. And that's what you're worried about too, or, or you're not worried about yeah. it because you know, it's a fact, right? Oh yeah. Okay, John Morrison comes out and gives what I consider to be the promo of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Morrison uses every, like, play on words that you can with zombies. And then alludes to the fact that, as we know, the Miz whom... (laughs) Poor Miz, bro. What's up? Consumed by zombies. Right. But not only was he consumed by zombies, he also has not been injured as a pro wrestler in a considerable amount of time. Like his whole career, he's answered the bell every week. And he's talked about that. Wrestles in a zombie match and they managed to eat his ACL and he's going to have to get that replaced. Jeez, poor guy. Unlucky, you know what I mean? Or lucky that he made it this far, you know, but because, yeah. you know, you only got so many runs, bumps, whatever. But it's just a shame because a guy shouldn't get in, injured in a zombie match. We'll just say that. No. <laughs> but Morrison was fantastic in this promo. Do you agree? Oh man, he's he's money, dude. He's been the bounty hunter. Yes, yes. Um, acting genius. Acting genius. Again, Corey's reading straight from the cue cards when describing that that match. As we get Priest versus Morrison in a lumberjack match, and they really went for it on this. With with I mean. Morrison is doing his very best to make Damian Priest a star. And I don't know if that is he likes Damian Priest or if it's just Morrison isn't capable of mailing it in. You know, because he just kills I, it. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, too. I mean, he's not he's not going to put on a bad match. Mm-mm. No. Now, they did do a little bit of the, the ob- obligatory shenanigans in that during match. Cedric Alexander sprints across the... I thought it was actually kind of a well-written thing because we're going to get... We're going to get the suplex, super suplex onto the floor with Morrison and Priest. So the way they set it up, Cedric runs across the ring and attacks Shelton Benjamin. And so we wind up with a, with a pile of people fighting in that area, which gives them an excuse to do the superplex onto the floor, right? Which Because you got to have somebody from the catch. They did manage to catch Priest. John Morrison, however, they did not. <laughs> no. No. That poor dude went splat from 12 feet. 
Oh. Bounced up like a champ, though. He takes the pin. Um, Priest is probably moving on from all of this. Look, I don't want, I, I never want to see a guy hurt. But John Morrison has become, due to his role with The Miz as kind of either the tag team partner or the guy you got to fight to to get to him, um, yeah. a huge portion of the show. His little one liners are a huge portion of the show. And I would really appreciate it if that doesn't go away in the Miz's no. absence. No, it, he deserves his own run, dude. He deserves, dude, the man. Cut him loose and just let him wrestle 20 minutes of your show every night, and you got 20 minutes of solid. It would be, dude. I don't think this has ever really happened in pro wrestling. I mean, there's been TV champs and U.S. champs and all that. But it would be neat if he were to say, and you know, you know, I was the guy that advocated that Seth at some point um, go get behind a, we're going to go out there and have the greatest match ever promo when he gets into uh-huh. a feud with somebody. It, I would love to see a, a not a greatest match ever like <laughs> Randy Orton and Edge did. <laughs> but Oh, yeah. I would love to see a pro wrestler, the the status of a John Morrison, the status of a Seth Rollins, the status of a even a Ricochet, um, and his persona be, look, you might can beat me, but I can give the best performance that this company can do if I'm in the ring, you know, and, and go out there and challenge guys to have their best matches. And put time limits on time limits on it, you know, and then have a guy that's out there wrestling thirty minutes every every dude. You could do it on Raw. You could give a guy twenty five minutes after people walking out there every week on Raw and it, for a month, two months. You know, they're having trouble writing the content anyway, right? Oh yeah, aren't they just? <laughs> Speaking of which. A new evolution vignette happened. You got thoughts? Um, we can. I'm hopeful. Hopeful. She went away, created her own brand. She came back. Um, maybe she's been training real hard. I'm gonna give her a shot. I don't even know if she's going to wrestle. We don't know what's going to happen. Right. And I don't care if she wrestles or not. To be totally honest with you, it I would I think she is a lightning rod and that means she can do things that don't happen. Like maybe she's a wrestler. I don't know. Maybe she's a manager. Maybe she winds up being some weird personality that wrestles every now and then. Um cash. Yes, yes. I, I, I want her to be successful, though, because I do think she has shown a tremendous amount of stick to in her life by getting turned away after, oblig- like, diving full force into Total Divas and trying to be a wrestler and training with, um, goodness, Brian Kendrick, uh, along with, the training the WWE gives you going down to the performance center, trying to get better and then winding up 
having to leave anyway and then creating her own brand outside of it. Like I, I, I do know that she had had, I, I, being on wrestling Twitter, you want these things pop up. I do, I, I do know she had some success in like the fashion world and having her own. I don't know. Like obviously Raw's going to present it. Like she had this, she's one of the supermodels, but which they should. I mean, that's the point. But it, it, it is neat to see somebody do what she's done, which is recreate herself and come back to a place that didn't want her not that long ago. Yeah. Now, Benjamin's backstage, and he wants a shot. Cedric slides in to mock him a little bit, and Cedric says, you know, you're worthless, and if you're going to call him worthless, he gets a punch to the mouth. What do you think? I liked it. I liked it. I'm I, glad these two are still getting to be on the show. Right, and they're getting their own segments. Dude, either one of those guys could be a, hey, I can give you the best match of your life. Come get some. Either one. Either one of them. Right? Ali could do that role. There's a lot of guys. I'm, that's why when I say somebody's capable. What now? So much talent. They got so much talent. Oh, man. It's embarrassing how much talent they have. Well, think about this too. Why is it people say Okada's the best wrestler in the world? Because he can wrestle like thirty minutes. Uh, you know, because he—he's—I mean—and he's always puts on a great show. He's story. Every match is a storytelling match. If you're not into that, that can get a little old. But every match is, you know. But when he you tell the story from start to finish. But when you boil it down. What is he given that no WWE wrestler has ever given? Or why is Kenny uh, Omega not talked about in those respects right now like he was at one time? Because his matches aren't 25 minutes anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, if you're given the, the right amount of canvas, a lot of these guys can paint. And I'm not saying Okada's not great. Of course he's great. But... You could do that with a number of people and really change the dynamic of your show. And, you know, a guy that was doing that, he doesn't have to be on your show every week. You could do that every two weeks, every three weeks, and it would work. Anyway, Kofi Kofi could do that too, by the way. Kofi versus, versus Lashley because they pull a surprise on us. They have 25 people over the course of the show. Not really, but a lot of people over the course of the show say they want a piece of Bobby Lashley tonight, they're going to challenge. Kofi winds up being the one who answers the bell. And I thought that was interesting. And we get a pretty good match here. Um, But let's go to the end of it because Kofi winds up in trouble, obviously, after a lot of back and forth throughout the match. He, you have the trombone played by Woods on the outside again, and what did he do? He wound up with a like a leaping DDT as Lashley was leaning through the ropes to get to Woods with the trombone, and he sl- and so he does that to Bobby's head on the apron, and we get back into the ring, and Bo- I wouldn't say Bobby no sold that, but he pretty quickly had Kofi back up and in trouble again. And then Kofi winds up against the... He gets out the back door of what would have been the finisher. 
and goes to the rope. MVP is going to hit him with the cane. Drew grabs the cane. MVP's out of the way. Bobby winds up there. Drew Drew does the exact same cheating that they would have been appalled at had it been MVP on Kofi. But because it's Drew on Bobby, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, right? <laughs> and so, which is, dude, that's every announcer dude, in pro wrestling. Go ahead. Morals are hard. Morals are hard because when you get what you want, cheating does not seem so bad. <laughs> okay. Not so, cheating could help me out. Yeah, correct. Correct. So then Kofi winds up getting the W here, and Drew and Kofi walk off laughing. Now, the the internet was happy as they could be. Kofi Kingston is finally back in the main event picture. And can I just be honest with you? This is what I, I wrote afterwards. I said, uh, my notes were, this is great if Kofi really has a chance to be in a program here. But I don't believe for one second this was about, remember what you said about Oscar and Charlotte? Yeah. They just used Kofi Kingston to put Drew over. Sure did. Because everybody loves Kofi, and Drew's starting to get on everybody's nerves. So what do you do? What I remember, dude, you you stick the guy you want everybody to love beside the guy everybody already loves. Give him that rub. Right. And if you're still having to rub Drew McIntyre after you've been pushing him for a year now, year and a half somebody needs to pick up on it ain't that people don't like drew it's oversaturation well kevin let's go back through the history of wwe and how they pushed that that guy in that spot well it was roman reigns what happened dude exactly the same thing exactly the same point in the program Seth Rollins, what happened? Exactly the same thing at about exactly the same point in the program. You can go through a laundry list of them pushing people, and it wears off about the same time every time. It goes all the way back to Hogan. It goes all the way back to Warrior, where you take this guy that you want everybody to love and you put him in the ring and they did love Hogan. You know what I mean? Hogan was the exception that that Vince McMahon thought was the rule. Right. And that... You push this guy for years and years everybody's just going to be cool with it. Right. Everybody's just going to be like... And people's attention spans are not the same way they used to be anymore. They expect new. They don't want to see the same thing 50 times in a row anymore. Well, that died with Warrior. That's my yeah, that's exactly right. Because well, during Warrior's reign, everybody wasn't you know that's when Macho became so because when when Hogan and Macho got into it, everybody was still for Hogan. You know, 
because you know Liz Macho was crazy over Liz, which wasn't fair to Hogan because Hogan was just being a good guy. When when Macho was getting into it with Warrior, it was 50-50 a lot of the time. You know, the 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 adults weren't all about the ultimate warrior like they were Hogan. You know, it was the Warrior Warrior was the kids champ. And somehow, you know, somebody should have picked up on that. What what year was that? Like 90? Yeah. Somebody should have picked on, up on that back then. And yet here we are 30 years later. And we're still doing this. It's crazy. Ugh. It's stunning. And, and, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to segue a little bit. If if that, you know, they got the ultimate warrior biography about to come out. If yeah. that thing is is makes them out to be anything other than the worst wrestler, one of the worst people <laughs> to ever work with, it's a lie. <laughs> Dude, and, I, I don't even know if I want to tape it. I, I'm gonna I, I wanna watch it just to see how many lies they tell. Cause they're buried freaking Randy. Yes, like, they did. He was the worst thing that ever happened to wrestling. And to humanity. And to humanity. And they're gonna go out there and Vince Mann's on their there was a very special friendship between me. No, there was not. That dude was an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> hey. That dude was a nut job, couldn't wrestle couldn't work didn't have any concept of the business okay so childish somewhere in this house Justin is a the rise and fall of the ultimate warrior video and it is a it is reminiscent it doesn't go into his personal life whatsoever but it's reminiscent of the macho man A&E biography in that it kills him. Chris Jericho does talks about the nonsense in the promos. Hunter Hearst Helmsley says, I, I think I'm direct quoting, the most unprofessional person I'd ever been in the ring with. And they show a picture of him being pressed by Warrior and Warrior dropping him and not even bothering to like, like Hunter hit Warrior's, uh, back and all that on the way down because he didn't even bother to like push him up in the air and let him fall normal. He just dropped him and he didn't move out of the way. And so Hogan just, I mean, I mean, Hunter just tumbles to the ground, bouncing off the back of warrior. He could have landed any old way. And then they turned around a couple of years later and they give you once. And I think Hunter was the one who said to Vince, you know, this guy's a really big, part of your legacy you need to at least see if you can patch it up with him and that's how he winds up in the hall of fame and i don't begrudge the fact that he was a big part of the company but then they went ahead and tried and they put out another ultimate warrior tale and it was complete fiction and they knew that i mean they have to know that they put out a video that said (laughs) said the exact opposite and i just know like 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 you're saying when i was watching that the Shawn Michaels thing that they did last week was very good and um, honest, like brutally yeah, honest. Shawn talks about his, his what who he is. 
Right. The Booker T thing, brutally honest. Um, the Stone Cold thing, sort of. I mean, he answered the questions they asked him. You know? Yeah. And they didn't paint him in a great light all the time. They, they didn't do what they did to Randy, but they did. You know, he did have to explain, you know, his, his trials with being a husband and a father to some degree, right? And, and it was a lot of it had to do with the weight of the company. And that's one thing that you get when you watch these. Booker may be the only guy. That that's, I've seen one of these documentaries that they say, you know, when, when he became the man, the pressure didn't get to him. Part of that may be that Booker was, ne- even when he was the heavyweight champ, it was different. It, it wasn't, he wasn't the man, the man, right? Well, you know what else felt, Kevin? How many years was he in prison? I was getting there, yes. Yes. And Booker's led life. Right. That dude been through it. That wasn't that's a different kind of pressure, but it ain't getting stabbed pressure. It it ain't, you know, watching your back twenty four seven pressure. Right. You had guys well, it is if you're working with Shawn Michaels, but that's a different story. Uh Yes. Yes. Well that's that's backstage talent wanting to stab you with a knife. And yeah. then of course Shawn Michaels delivering the, the knife stabs as well. Um, but Warrior, dude, I just like it. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, and I don't. I'm not saying he's. But watching Jim Cornette bury Warrior is probably one of my funniest things I've ever seen because he, when he talks about when Bruce Prichard and Vince took him to meet him for the first time, he'd never met him before, and he was like, he was convinced that that was a setup just to try to just to try to screw with him. Because <laughs> he's like, this dude was an idiot. He was talking about this death trucidity, and it was just nonsense. Right, right. He's like, what people don't get is he's like watching the Steiner math promo all the time. Right. And and two, I do think at least that Steiner knows it's funny. Yeah, Warrior thinks this is all like, oh my god! Right. If you want to see something funny, I recommend the Ultimate Warrior comic books. <laughs> they are literally incomprehensible, worrisome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. This has been. We got off on one right there. I apologize. This has been a Go Home Heat production. Copyright 2021. For me, KP, for my man Justin. What were you going to say right there? I said, go home. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs>